Hey everybody, it's Bevan. Uh, I'm here with my best friend, my soulmate, my best boy, Biscuit Reynolds, my co-host. And this is Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Okay, so this is kind of an asynchronous part two of my last podcast about romantic love, just because there's more to talk about and think about. And I got some follow-up questions about compromise and dating and COVID-19 protocols and social distancing and like how to date and app dating and all this stuff in in these uh, unprecedented <laughs> <laughs> we're never gonna have precedented times again everybody just let i just want to let you know the systems are collapsing and reality as we know it is just totally effed up so you might as well begin to create your own reality by pursuing your desires and part of that is pursuing people um to connect to uh for romance and friends and a lot of this and community a lot of this stuff um that i'm going to talk about in this episode uh kind of applies to that, especially at the top of the episode. And then we'll go into more about like standards and dating and compromise. Um, I'm excited to do this. It's funny because I wasn't giving myself credit for dating a lot because um, I started, I talked about this in the last episode, I started dating again intentionally in October, 2022, but I've only actually gone out with one person and um, every I've had some talking, you know, some texting with people, but nothing that resulted in a real life date. And so other than that one person. So I haven't had a ton of experience with the full dating experience, but I have had a lot of experience in dating in life, just as, you know, a queer sex in the city babe for a long time. Um, and so I have a lot of experience and perspective and healing that I've done. So that's what I'm offering to you. And again, everything I say on this podcast is take what you like and leave the rest. Like, it's my experience and I learn a lot from other people sharing their experience. And so um, I want you to take this and like make it your own and figure out what applies to you and what doesn't. Um, I want to say like, I'm going to just start with COVID-19 protocols because COVID-19 is the virus that causes long COVID. Uh, you're familiar, you've probably heard of it. Um, and a lot of people don't take it as seriously as I do. Um, and I'm not even going to go into all my feelings about it. I'm just going to talk about my protocols. Um, but I will say I do feel betrayed and let down by people who were masking and taking it seriously for the first couple of years and then just vaxxed and relaxed and just decided it didn't matter um, how their germs affected other people. At a minimum, I think you could be masking in grocery stores and, and, and medical environments where medically vulnerable people um, and the people who love them and go home to them could then be subjected to your viruses. Just saying, um, consider that, you know, but you don't have to, again, take what you like and leave the rest. Like, I don't care. Um, I do care. I care so much. That's why I really care so much. Masking is a love letter to people you will likely never meet saying, hey, I hope you get to live through this. Um, but whatever, I'm a full 100% masker. Unless I have a hard conversation with you about like, hey, if you get COVID exposed, please tell me. I, I approach it as a safer sex conversation. And I've been having those my whole dating life. And so I'm really used to it. I've been normalized to it because I grew up with queers who had survived the HIV pandemic, right? So like we, I know what it's like to have the government not care about my people and to leave them for dead. And um, I see, like they're saying now, if you just look up the Google T-cells and COVID-19 and like how it's affecting long COVID, long COVID is affecting your T-cells in the same way um, that AIDS does. And AIDS and HIV have drugs that are available for them now because that's been around for 40 years. Um, C-19 has only been around for four. So just 
it's brewing in your nervous system is all I'm saying. So try not to get infected over and over again so you can um, live a long and vibrant life and help, help people not die. A thousand people dying a day of a thing is a big deal. Um, okay. This is what I think. I just wish everyone would take personal responsibility for their immune system at a minimum, right? So this is how I take personal responsibility for my immune system, knowing that uh, I wanted to start dating and socializing, really socializing more and being out and taking more risks, right? Because it is just risk-taking, just like driving a car is risk-taking. You might, you're more likely to die from a car accident um, five minutes from your house than you are any further than that. You're more likely to die from a car accident than an airplane, right? So like, and think about how many people are far more afraid of airplanes than cars. So people aren't really thinking through their risk because they're just adjusting their reality to be the way they want it to be because they don't, they're not willing to risk uncertainty, which is also why people avoid dating. Uh, okay, me, I'm going to protocols. I can, I just rant. My best friend, Rachel says, I sound like the scientists in the movie Don't Look Up on Netflix. And I really hope you watch that movie. It's a great movie. Um, Meryl Streep is in it. Leonardo DiCaprio, a lot of good ones. Um, okay, vitamin C, D, and zinc are the vitamins that we knew from the outset help um, lessen the experience of COVID-19 and prevent it. So vitamin C, like the Chinese government was giving everyone vitamin C. Boy, do I wish our government cared enough about us to pay for our supplements. Um, so vitamin C, D, and zinc. Um, I also take elderberry, which is not necessarily directly um, preventing COVID-19, but there's also so many other viruses running around. I'm going to boost my immune system in lots of ways. Um, with hard conversations is on my list because you just got to risk the the social whatever of like telling someone like, hey, I want to be COVID cautious. So here's here's how I feel comfortable having risk, right? Um, I frequently, when I make plans with people, I either plan to do something outside or I'll plan it somewhere where like there, I know there's airflow or I know there's an air purifier in the establishment. Those things really matter to me and I know what's up with that. And I sometimes take, I don't take risks that often, but I would take a risk for the right person. Um, I also take RSO. RSO stands for Rick Simpson oil. Um, there's a study in Forbes magazine about CBDA and CBGA. Um, and so I wanted to start taking that because they help prevent the spike protein on the COVID molecules from getting into your immune system. So this is what it, how it comes. It comes in a little syringe and you just need a little sesame seed size of it. You put it on a cracker, you eat it. Um, it's delicious. It's not delicious. It tastes like it tastes gross, but crackers are delicious. So it's my little snack, my little treat. Um, but it's also good for inflammation. Um, it helped my eyesight. I felt my tummy stuff. I've had, I've experienced, I'm an IBS cutie. I've experienced all of that. And so it has really helped my digestion. So I would uh, recommend a little RSO anyway. Um, so CBDA, CBGA, um, and monitoring my gut health. I've actually gone on a really intense gut health protocol over the last five months and it has transformed my life. If you want to know more about it, you can um, send me an email, fatkiddanceparty at gmail.com. It is, I could, I could talk about gut health forever, but the gut is your second immune, is your immune system, the house of your immune system. It's your second brain. And so if you have like brain fog and stuff from long COVID, which is a symptom of long COVID, um, gut health is really someplace you want to look at. Um, I use Innovid um, spray. So shout out to my uh, podcast listener, Rima. Thank you for sending me uh, your extra Innovid spray because that has really helped. It's like a, it's a thing that prevents viruses from coming through your nose and your, and so you just like squirt it in there. It's a little weird at first, but then you get used to it. Um, but when I'm not masking, I use the Innovid spray. So that helps me to do that. Like my mom, I, I've never masked with my mom. 
uh, or we mask together in stores. We are consistent maskers. My mom has always been a really good masker. Um, and when I'm with mom and pet, I don't mask because I've I don't mask with family, right? Have the hard conversations, but I know and trust their health protocols. So I feel safe with my health with them. But my mom just got back from flying on a plane. And instead of like social distancing and isolating now, I used my spray when I went to go hang out with her. Um, I'm also doing, there's a mouthwash. Uh, you can get mouthwash with CPC. Um, I use the Glister brand. Um, and that's a, my, it's like every six months I add another thing to my protocol and this is the new thing I'm adding. So you just uh, gargle with CPC uh, for one minute at the end of your day. And like, if there's any viruses in that you've been breathing, cause COVID is airborne, that helps to neutralize them. So I take personal responsibility for my immune system, and this is what I do to mitigate my risks, right? And air purifiers really work. There was a gathering in my community, and we have an air purifier in our clubhouse, and there were like 35 people in this small, it's a, the, the equivalent of a two-bedroom house, maybe size, small. Um, and 35 people is a lot of people in that space. And two people were COVID positive who didn't test positive till the day after. And I thought for sure we were going to have a whole outbreak. But I was working in facilities at the time and the air filters were up to date and clean and I had been monitoring it. And so that air purifier was working and no one else. I mean, some of these people I live around are really weird <laughs> about talking about things or sharing with the community. But anecdotally, that time it worked. And so um, when I have someone over to my house for a date, as I did that one time, I had my air purifier going. So just everything helps, you know, you crack a window, you wash your hands a lot, you know, just some basics, but I don't want to date anyone who doesn't have good hygiene in the first place. So, you know, that's a part of it. Um, okay. So that's how I deal with COVID-19 protocols and dating. Um, you do you make your whole, do what you want to do, right? Like everyone's got the risk that they're willing to assume. And I, you know, like at this point, I'm, I'm not a person who's like, you can't live your life because we have to have all these protocols, I get it, you know, and so it's hard, but we're life is hard. And so we're all just balancing the hard in the ways that make sense to us. Um, I will also say like in dating, this is something I used to do back in the day, but I call my first date with anybody a go-see, uh, like a modeling call. You know what I mean? I had a friend and I, we were dating the same people from OkCupid. And so we were joking, never did this, but could have just had our go-sees together. You know what I mean? Just like meeting the people, vibing it out. Um, but what I do for a go-see now, I offer a Zoom call or a FaceTime, like a video thing. Cause I'm, you know, I'm a witch. I'm a, I'm a psychic. I can connect to energy through the Zoom. I know that's not true for everyone, but it's true for me. So I can vibe if I'm attracted to you through Zoom. Right. I haven't yet had a Zoom date. I had I had a couple lined up last year and they just fell through. The people just kind of flaked. So whatever. Again, like dating and friendship and networking is all the same. It's just meeting people. Right. And I would encourage you to just focus on dating as meeting people and making friends and seeing where it goes and seeing if there's chemistry. And if you want to pursue this person as a continued activity partner. My favorite in-person go-see is walking on the beach. I live on the coast of Washington. I live I live in paradise. It's so beautiful here. You should put the Olympic Peninsula on your bucket list, specifically Port Townsend. I don't live in town. I live in the county, but oh, I love Port Townsend. It's a perfect place to meet up with someone um, for a beach walk. So have a beach walk uh, or a beach sit if you're not for walking, right? Like I'm all about accessibility and like meeting you where you're at, right? But the beach is a beautiful place. And I like to spend at least two hours a day outdoors. So like I'm outdoorsy, like 
that's really a part of my life. I'm more of a dawdler, not like a hiker, you know, like I do hike, but I like to hike at the pace of getting to explore and feel and lay around in, in the moss, you know, like look at mushrooms, like you miss the mushrooms if you're going too fast. So like a forest walk is a date too, you know? Um, so that's just set up whatever go see makes sense for you. So if you're cautious and social distancing, a go see outside is great because, you know, just have that air circulation. But again, it's airborne. So if you, if you could smell cigarette, if you could smell cigarette smoke from where someone's breathing, you're getting enough uh, molecules to potentially infect you, right? Like, but it's worse inside. Um, so you just harm reduce as much as you can. Again, experience being a queer and harm reduction <laughs> and all of that, right? And like HIV and AIDS education, all of that. There's just so much that I've learned through being a baby who lost, you know, friends of my mom's to AIDS when I was a little kid. Like, it's just been part of my life, my whole life. And so like the way people are capricious, especially, especially queer event organizers that aren't using COVID-19 precautions make me bonkers. Um, but be the change you want to see in the world. My in-person fat kid dance party classes are um, COVID cautious. We have a, a few protocols in, in place that I feel good about. And it is a risk. All of those things are true. Um, okay. Something I want to tell you about dating too is just like... There's a thing that I had a psychic, my friend Robin Doxy, book robindoxy.com, um, D-O-X-E-Y. Uh, she's amazing. And in her, my first reading with her, she said, Bevan, you're putting off never again vibes. Uh, like it's like your energy is coming out and it's because you've been so hurt in the past. And so you're putting off these vibes. She's like, you need to shift your energy. She said, Mother Earth is coming in to tell you about fawn energy. And I just did this on an Instagram reel. So fawn, baby deer. Uh, is camouflaged naturally by the forest. So it's got these speckles on it. So you don't see a fawn. And the fawn is innocent. It's like gangly little legs, like figuring out how to walk, just like boop, 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 walking in the forest. And so fawn is naturally camouflaged. So if you can trust your metaphysical guides and protectors um, to have your back, nothing can really hurt you. And like the hurt in life is just lessons to learn. And so like I said this in the last uh, podcast about romantic love is like nobody gets out of a romance without heartbreak, like breaking up or grief, dying, right? Like that's just part of it. It's lo risking love is risking loss, but to have never loved is such a loss in terms of like the lessons we're meant to learn. So I encourage you to adopt fawn energy. That's what I've been doing the last few months. And it's been really good for me to just approach every new relationship as a potential 10, right? Like, I don't have to be so bitter about my ex that like, I'm, you know, play, placing that on anybody else, right? Like, you know, every person that you date that doesn't work out is a lesson that you learned and it worked out for the time and you had some good dates and you had some good experiences and, you know, you practiced. I mean, if you're like me, you bake for the people you care about. And so you practiced your lemon bars recipe, right? It's all good. It's so funny because when I was trying to date that person, they lived, uh, I'm not going to blow up who this person was, but they lived near one of my now besties when I was just getting to know her. And so whenever I would bring baked goods for them to town, because they were really busy and I was like, here, let me bake you something. I'm coming to town anyway. Um, I'd like to woo people. Uh, and I would bake her baked goods too, but I got a really good friend out of it. And I'm really glad, like, and it wasn't just because of the baked goods. It was just, I was spending more time with her. And so, you know, one of my favorite things of 2023 was that friendship. And so I'm grateful. Hi, Alexis. I love you. Okay. Let's see. Um, 
some some tips for the apps. And I will say, I have never yet had experience where I found a long-term date or girlfriend or they friend, joy friend, boyfriend, whoever from the apps or online dating, even with on OkCupid and planetout.com for anybody who was gay in the aughts. Um, maybe you remember that site or AOL dating. Um, I never had luck with those. I would have a couple dates here and there. Um, I've always had luck with meeting people, being me in the world and being passionate about the things I'm passionate about. So dating is a lot of shared interest activities. Mom met her spouse when she was 48 years young um, at a book club party, you know, the, a book club that she founded that she was no longer in because she was doing her PhD. And but then she went back to a party for it. And that's where she met Pat. And so I think that's really cute. And so just trust your interests, follow your interests, join a soccer team, join, a, I don't know, sports things, join a choir, you know what I mean? Just be out there doing the thing that you like, and you're going to meet people who like that thing. And those people might have friends too. You know what I mean? Like, it's just being in the world, making friends, being in community. Community means you keep showing up, right? So that's another thing. So but if you're out on these apps, because that's kind of how people are meeting these days, I felt so gross about swiping. And so I had to figure out what I was going to do with my energy with this. So first of all, I have really got some good boundaries with myself. I don't swipe like it's a game, like I play little fiddly games on my phone. Um, I swipe intentionally five to 15 minutes a day when I'm really like out in these streets trying to meet people, right? Um, I found, I'm not going to tell you what apps I'm on. You have to join my Patreon for that info, but, um, the, 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 I went on an app that was like geared towards queer women dating and that one, I would just like, I treated it like a job for a while, like 15 minutes a day, just swiping until it said, you have no more swipes today. You have to pay money if you want to swipe more. And I didn't want to pay money. So I do it intentionally. And I like send a blessing to people as I'm passing them up, you know, or if I'm, interested right just like sending the good energy instead of and if I notice I'm being judgmental as I'm swiping I stop swiping because that's not energy I want because the more you judge others the more you're judging yourself the more compassion you have for others the more compassion you're having for yourself so just remember everyone is just doing the best they can with what they have I hope they get what they want you know what I mean I've seen some really cute and clever ads out on the apps um so just noticing also your feelings you want to do this in dating too notice how someone makes you feel when you leave with them like settle your nervous system because <laughs> sometimes like that crush energy right like I want to actually date people who help me feel calm and um who don't do that push pull come here go away anxious avoidant stuff like I've really worked hard on my secure attachment I want people who like feel like a breath of fresh air who spark my brain who make me laugh like those are kind of like what I'm looking for um, when I'm spending time with someone and that's just dating, dating, spending time. And I talk in the last podcast about the distinction between dating and courtship. So dating for present moment enjoyment, courtship for long-term compatibility, and you can date for a long time. Um, okay. When I am looking at myself in a dating situation, I'm really paying attention to my behavior and their behavior, my behavior I love love. I love being in love. The chemicals are so fun. Like, um, it's really sparky for my brain. I'm an ADHD cutie. And like, you know, I just, I like it. Right. And it's very inspirational for me. And I am so proud of myself because when I was going through that dating experience I had, I channel, I did four new aerobics workout 
songs that I choreographed with that energy. And I love making things for my art, you know, like that, that's so rad to me. I wrote blog posts about it. Um, not about the dating situation, but with that energy, I just channeled the creative energy into something. I made some great playlists, like just getting into that creative flow that is sparked by the inspiration and excitement about another person is really good. But like trust, if you're just feeling okay about someone or handshake vibes about someone, friend zone, friend zone. And you know what? Friends can turn into lovers eventually too. You know what I mean? So like, just trust where you're at, trust your truth and don't be in a rush because I think we get really scarcity minded and like want to lock something down when in fact, like people are not for locking down. People are for enjoying like mind when you want to try to control stuff. That's a red flag for me when I'm trying to control situations or people let go, let God, let whoever that person is. Right. Like that's a good motto. Um, okay. Let's see. Also when you're in a love relationship, this is me being an astrology nerd. My friend Drea, who's an astrologer, said you tend to revert to your south node, which is your default personality. You come in with like this mastery. So I have a Pisces south node. Pisces is dreamy. It's like very, um, it's creative. It's really empathetic. It's psychic. It's, um, it can be anything, right? Like I'm very, I can be very moldable to the person I'm around. And so it's super important for me to know who I am, stay rooted in who I am and lean into my North node, which is Virgo. So your the nodes of the moon when you were born are your life path. And so your North node is where you're headed in this life. It's what your soul's journey is. And so Virgo is like planning and organizing and service. Um, and so for me, like in a dating or courtship or whatever, relationship I'm going to be leaning into my planner instead of like defaulting to just going into love jail which is like that thing where you just suddenly only want to spend time with that person which is so tempting and it is an addiction um is instead like planning my day so that I can still get my priorities done and then when my priorities are done in my responsibility free time like I always like to say I watch tv now because I don't have a boyfriend <laughs> so like you know I just got time and like that that's going to be the first to go if I'm spending time with someone, you know what I mean? So anyway, that's just, and like blocking out self-care time. Cause I'm still going to need a lot of time alone to like journal and process my feelings. Right. So like just making sure you have structures for how you want to be in a relationship. Right. And so like, you can look at your chart and kind of see like where that is. And you go, I would go to a great astrologer. I would suggest Jana of Feeling Loudly, who's been on this podcast before. I would suggest my friend Drea of Universal Answers. Um, there's a lot of great astrologers out there. I'm going to interview a couple more on my podcast. Um, but anyway, someday, someday, Bevan's going to write up a little thing on QueerFapM.com about all the psychics I, I love and want to send you to and all the astrologers and all the various people, right? So it's coming. I'm getting more organized by the moment. I'm increasing my capacity uh, to do all the things that are on my heart to do. Okay. Um, also, I love the question, who am I in this? Like my favorite thought interrupt question, like if I notice I'm thinking a weird or hard thought, I'm like, what's the story I'm telling myself? So the question I want you to ask, or that I ask myself again, you can do what you want. 
the question I ask myself in dating is who am I in this? So I'm observing myself. So I'm not like judging myself. I'm just observing like what's happening for me in the circumstance with this person. Right. Um, so it's just good questions to ask so that you don't lose yourself in someone else because I can. Right. Um, I also uh, I've talked about this on the podcast before and I blogged about this. Um, so there's this thing called the Noriki and it's from uh, Lovey's book professional troublemaker the fear fighters manuals chapter one and levy even, ha even has a blog post on it but an ariki is basically a declaration of who you are and so i have this thing it took me about a month to write it but like i just say it to myself every day in the for i declare it to the forest i find I, I like to go to the oldest if i'm not on my land where i know where the oldest tree is um i'll like vibe out where the oldest tree is and just declare myself to the land. And um, I might even do it on a road trip. I love to stop and talk to trees at a road trip stop. Like I find the trees incredibly grounding and connecting to the trees is really important to me. So um, I will declare myself to whatever land I'm on. And land spirits like that, like high key, they want to know who's tromping around, you know, like don't get in trouble with land spirits. That's a different podcast. Um, okay. So before you get into love jail, that's it. And I will also say this, this is something I learned in um, Leah Garza's Akashic Mentorship, uh, which is learning people's recipe. That's the process of dating, you know, and love. And like, it's not just your romantic relationships, it's your friends, it's your kids, um, it's, you know, your community, but learning their recipe, meaning learning their love language, like how do they receive love? Because like, if you're here in my, my last relationship, I read a lot of marriage books after we broke up to like heal and it like helped me really like do post game, you know, on like, how did we, how did this six years end up like this? Right. And like, I was not serving her love language. I was serving my love language, which is acts of service. Um, and I should have been, could have been, I don't like to shut on myself. I could have been serving her love language. And it makes me sad actually that she left that relationship with her love tank empty. Um, so learning people's love languages and serving it. And also their boundaries, right? Like those are both true, like the things that they need, right? Um, and and the things they like to do and their interests, right? Like just really learning about somebody, like approaching it as a, just a continual learning experience, not having an agenda for who they are and who they need to be. I know that, um, again, codependency is a scam. We talked about that in the last episode, but like um, it's codependent to like mold yourself into something for someone, be that girl for a week uh, or whatever that... Um, Taylor Swift lyric is you know what I mean like that's gross like don't send a representative send your real self like do the self-care and the work on yourself to know who you are so that you show up in relationship as your full self because otherwise like you're not creating connections between two souls you're creating some fake version of yourself that's not really rooted or connected to someone um something Leah said to me in one of our one-on-ones that was so powerful and profound was like, we were talking about desire and wanting. Um, and I was like, well, it's so weird. Cause like, you know, five, six years ago, I wanted to marry this person. And now I don't even want to have a conversation with her. And Leah was like, yeah, well, that was a version of yourself and you've like released these layers. So you, it was a layer of you that was connecting to that person that is no longer connecting to that person. And I, that was so profound to me. So like real true love, you're going to like meet someone who every layer of you is connecting and like the, and from a soul place, you know? Um, but again, just remember, it's not a failure. It's just a lesson. Everything's just a lesson in life. And so spending some time with, so this is why I'm like COVID cautious and I do go sees at first. Cause if it's someone that I don't want to end up spending more time with, why would I risk a long-term disabling virus uh, that could kill me or kill someone I love? 
right? Like, I'm not going to risk that. Um, okay. We're reviewing behavior, not someone's potential. It's so easy to fall for someone's potential, but you really want to look at the behavior that they're exhibiting. Um, and I want this for you. I want you to write out your list. Um, and your list is like all the things that you want from a relationship, uh, from the relationship, which is something you're creating separately together, like with that person and from that person. So you can identify that person when they come across your path. Um, it's so funny. Um, I started that practice more than a decade ago. And um, the first time <laughs> that every time someone would break up with me or I would break up with them, I would go back to the list and just review it so that I was fresh and like add and change things to it. And the first time that my ex broke up with me, this is before we were partners, um, I looked at the list and she was everything on that list. And I was like, oh, wow. I didn't realize, right? Because I wasn't, we weren't dating for long-term. We were just keeping company. She wouldn't even use the word dating. She didn't tell me she was in love with me until she broke up with me that first time. And uh, red flags all over the place. The red flags were red flagging. And red flags are just information. I like to say seven red flags is too many. So a few red flags is just information, right? Um, I need someone to be really accountable if I'm going to make time for them, right? But if they're not accountable, that's a red flag. But I might still make time for them in a way that's flexible. You know, like, oh, I know if this person says they're going to hang out with me on Zoom, I'm going to have some alternate plans that are also fun. So I'm excited either way for what I'm going to do, right? So it's like, it's it's red flags is information, but it's something to address too. Like, am I going to make time for you? Are you going to really show up for this? You know, like, good question. Be willing to have hard conversations. That's the that creates intimacy, conflict. Like now that I look at conflict as just a chance to connect and to understand more about another person, I'm far less afraid of it. It still activates my nervous system, but I'm able to go through that and regulate. I trust myself to regulate my nervous system. So write your list, write your list of what you want from a relationship, from a person. Um, you deserve to have everything you want. Leah keeps telling me that and I just believe her now. Um, and you can have everything you want. I would also say, write a list for like who you want in dating. Cause for me, like dating is like someone creative, funny, smart that I enjoy spending time with. Um, and like someone I maybe see like, uh, and when I say smart, I mean, not necessarily educated. I actually like, I low key regret <laughs> finishing high school. I wish I quit high school and become a hairdresser so that I could have started my aerobics business um, far earlier in my aerobics practice, but you know what, we're always on the journey that's right for us in this lifetime. And now I just can relate more to lawyers and my waiver is really good. So it's, we're always just flowing. Right. But I actually really esteem people who had the chutzpah to drop out of whatever thing they were doing, uh, because that's clarity and it's being willing to have hard conversations and it's being willing to risk. Like I knew I wanted to drop out of law school my second year, but I was scared of the 60 grand in debt. So I went ahead and doubled down. I got triple digit debt or six digit debt. And uh, I'm still in that debt. And I look forward to paying it off for things that have nothing to do with my law degree. Um, someone with a good attitude. Attitude's a choice and it's a behavior. Um, someone who has a growth mindset. I like hanging out, hanging out with that. Um, someone who supports my dreams. Uh, I cannot be with someone who's a naysayer. I work so hard on what I do and I pursue the things that are very important to me. So if somebody isn't like 100% behind me achieving my dreams, I won't even spend time with them as a friend. Like I'm so, I have really good boundaries, you know? 
So, I mean, maybe I might spend time with them as a friend, but I wouldn't talk to them about my dreams, but like, I wouldn't date somebody. Not at all. Um, I like someone who's humble, like humility is so much better than hubris. Someone who's really caught up in like thinking they know all the right things. Like there's confidence and then there's hubris and humility is just knowing that like everybody has a different perspective and that like they're, they can learn because very successful people learn something and then they're willing to unlearn it and relearn things and adapt and change. Like, you know, if you're a really good tennis player, but you go to a great tennis coach and they change your stance and like change everything. And then you're able to be an even better tennis player out of that. That's success y'all. Okay. Um, has I, okay. So then I also like, there's more things about like someone I'm more like looking for long-term and I wouldn't necessarily need this just as an activity partner date, like, you know, lover or whatever. Um, but I want someone who has shown commitment to something and here's the thing, it's like, it's really important to like write things in the positive, like rather than in the negative, right? Like I was burned by someone who is not really committed to a long-term relationship, right? And so I want to see that someone has been committed to something in their life, like a tennis pro, for example, like, oh, you're really committed to that sport or are you really committed to this thing that you got really good at, right? Um, I don't know. There's lots of things like a committed parent, um, they're a committed marital partner. Like there was someone uh, I was interested in, in a polyamorous way who like, I was really hot for how much they liked their wife. Like, I'm like, I love this. I love this commitment. And I love the way you esteem your wife and the way you treat her and talk about her. And I will tell you if you're dating someone in a polyamorous way who talks shit about anybody else that they're romantically involved in, that is a red flag party. <laughs> because they will talk shit about you. You know what I mean? Like I want someone who speaks life over, especially their partner. I just really revere marriage and really like, um, and I think marriage can be multiple people. Like I'm big into the way my polyamorous friends can create their lives, but like really pay attention to how they talk about other people. Um, okay. Let's see. Interdependence. Can they ask for help? Are they willing to be interdependence? Or are they like hyper independent? And I am calling myself out because something that I, something I do that I saw my mom do once or several times actually. And I like saw that behavior from me is like, if someone doesn't help me right away, when I ask, I might just like go and do it, you know? And like, and I used to do it in like a grumpy passive aggressive way, but I might actually, I now am just a better communicator. So I would say, hey, I need help with this right now. If you can't help me right now, I'm just going to do it myself. But if you can help right now, that'd be cool. And not passive aggressive and mad if someone doesn't drop everything to help me. You know what I mean? I don't need, I'm also trying not to ever be in a rush, right? Nothing in nature is in a rush. I'm part of nature. I'm not in a rush. Okay. Um, I want them to also be an inclusive person, you know, like, someone who cares about community and connection um, and sees every human as valuable. That is so important to me. That's how I see the world. I think every life is valuable. Every life has great potential. And I mean, there's a lot of people I can love, but I can't be in relationship with. Um, and, but, and like, you can't really help anyone who doesn't want to help themselves, but you can empower people. You can certainly empower people. And so I want someone who like cares about their impact on the world too. You know, I really care about my impact on the world. Um, also, like, here's something I learned from that original list that I was talking about is like, just wants to be 
um, in a relationship with me, wants to spend time with me, finds me delightful. Like that's what I'm looking for in behavior is like this, this person really wants that. Um, and like, if it was someone I was looking for uh long-term potential with, like wants to be an amazing parent, not just a good parent, an amazing parent, not a perfect parent because we can't be perfect, but like really into like being a great parent because like, and, and almost like a, a primary parent because I still have so many career goals I know that I cannot necessarily be like hands-on 100% of the time like I need someone who's like actually willing to be more of the default parent than me um potentially especially if I'm gestating because like that is like ge human gestation is just is such a body hijack and I use my body for work so like um having that energy going and then not having someone who's like a participant parent like I was reading this memoir called You Could Make This Place Beautiful and I haven't finished it. I got it on the Libby app. So my rental expired before I finished it, but I'll finish it at some point. But I was listening to it and she talked about how she did this at, during her divorce. She did this like thing about because her ex was really mad, basically, that she was blowing up as a poet and like resentful of her success. And she had uh, all these responsibilities as a parent and he had very little and like just recognizing like what had happened when she didn't realize that's how the division of labor was going. And I think a lot of us are really socialized, especially if we're a woman in a relationship with a man to like default to all the caretaking instead of seeing it as a real partnership. And the people I know who are in heterosexual long-term commitments have a really good explicit division of labor um, that isn't heavy on one person or another. It's a team, a team approach to life. And I also think two parents is too few. Like kids really need a half a dozen parents. They need a half a dozen hands-on people, caregivers at least, like to help, right? Like, especially if somebody's working out of the home, like there's just so much that we put on parents' plates that's super unfair in our society. And I hope to change that with my work somehow. Um, I want to see someone that's a problem solver and overcomer, especially with obstacles. This is not necessary for dating, but long-term for sure. Like, cause I'm an overcomer. I see an obstacle and I'm really working on seeing it as something I can overcome. I'm still working on that, but you know, I'm a work in progress and so is this person, but like, these are behaviors I'm looking for. Um, I also have, this is my, my Dolly book that has all my dreams and my lists in it. So frequently I write my lists. And when I, realized in my heart that I was polyamorous about a year ago um I like wrote a list of like what it would look like for me to have like a polycule and what I want out of that too so just being prepared to know what you're looking for also I bought myself a valentine's uh balloon at the dollar store yesterday because my cat is dying and like I was like if I'm gonna be uh if I were in a relationship with someone who was my valentine I would have gotten them a balloon you know and so I was like fuck it I love myself get myself an I love you balloon um, okay. I will say this. I'm not hot for naysayers. I'm not hot for deadbeat dads. Um, I am not hot for people who are full of ego Trump supporters. Like I, like I'm not a Biden supporter either. I am neither of those guys. I think they are both trash, um, in their own ways. I'm not hot for people who support genocide. Um, but I am, or, and I'm not hot for people who support white supremacy. Like these are big hard no's for me, but I'm willing to have conversations. And I recognize that like, I have in my experience of life growing up as a white person in white supremacy, it enacted harm that happened from me through two other people, right? And not intentional, but that's what happened, right? And But I had to learn a lot about the effects of white supremacy in order to understand how my behavior affects other people. I want to see willingness to learn. I want to see people leaning into that, but like a hard no to like MAGA hat people, you know, like 
just not hot for it. Not into it. Um, also, I want to see people who believe trans women are women. Like, that's super important to me, too. So, like, being a lesbian in these streets means sometimes, like, you run into these trans exclusive uh, radical feminists. And, like, radical feminism at its root is about change. It's not about hatred or division. And I'm really sad to see people, women especially, um, I feel very betrayed by them, to be honest. But I also can connect to anybody uh, for five minutes, you know what I mean? And I'm willing to be a good influence on people, but I'm not willing to have sex with them. Um, so, right. So like, I can have a lot of compromise and things like I can, um, that was a good question about compromise and dating. And like, I think like, like, listen, I'm going to have kids. I don't get to pick them. I believe God picks them. Right. And they come through you or to you, if you adopt, which I also intend to adopt, um, like, that like they just come to you and they're your greatest teachers and so like that is really important ground to compromise on because really like those kids I want them to be them I don't want them to be some version of what they think I need that's so controlling and that's how I was raised you know like I wasn't raised by people who had gentle parenting skills you know or the ability to foster me as a unique human in the world and so I want to foster humans who don't have to unlearn all this stuff because like having parents who like set you up for success um is a form of privilege and like emotional success is really important so anyway that matters a lot to me um and yeah so you know you can compromise on lots of things right and I will also say like I've thought about like alcohol and things like that right like I don't drink I haven't since I was 33 and it's not important in my life. I don't center my life around it anymore. I find it kind of yucky. I don't like being around drunk people. Um, and so I don't know that I'm a good long-term match for someone who drinks, but I can go on some dates with someone who drinks. That doesn't really bother me. You know, if they're not sloppy blackout, mean drunk, you know, whatever. Um, I have a new boundary in my life where I don't use cannabis with anybody who I don't trust. And so first few dates is going to be sober for me. Um, it's a totally new experience dating. Um, just feeling the feelings and just letting them be there instead of using something to dull the feelings or be a different version of myself. But like, I just, I don't have a lot of filters when I'm using cannabis and I want to trust the people I'm around to like, love me, even if I am excited and loud and like squawking and like have all my big ideas. Cause I will just straight up be like, I need a bossy Capricorn moment to tell you what I think about your business. Um, shout out to my friend, Manda. <laughs> I have bossy Capricorn moments for her all the time. Uh, but we smoke weed together, you know? So like, you know, that it just flows right through. It's like really when you're a psychic person and you use plant medicine, like that stuff rolls right through plant medicine is a truth revealer. So um, my friend Ashley Manta has a rule that she suggests with psychedelics, like to not use psychedelics for the first six months of dating with someone, um, which I, I don't know, depends on a person, you know what I mean? Like, but, and it depends on the the dose, right? Like, cause often I'm using a microdose protocol where it's subperceptual. I don't feel it, um, but I'm using it. Right. So it's different though than going on like a party trip or like a hero trip, which I would not do with someone I didn't really trust and want to connect with on that level. Um, but she says it creates like a false intimacy with people. Um, so it's just important to be mindful of how we use our substances in um, places where we're trying to discern and really use our wisdom and our connection to our intuition to discern whether to spend time with someone, right? And invest in someone. Um, let's see. I will say for me, like, I, I love this phrase, no dads, no masters, no controlling boyfriends. I don't know where I picked that up, but it's fun and it's true. Like, 
I am not here to be controlled. I have had multiple long-term relationships with people who tried to control me and hush me, and I'm not going to live like that anymore. And so I want someone who is delighted by me and wants to see me shine and not someone who's trying to dim my light. And so that's a big no for me. So if I'm like sense, and I also have a therapist, right? Like I want someone who either is, has a long-term great therapist and is in therapy, um, is in and working a 12-step recovery program and or is being mentored in life by somebody regularly, like someone they can call, like if we have a fight, they can go call their mentor. You know what I mean? Like not like just, I get a coffee with you every four months. That's not, that is a form of mentorship, but it's not the same, you know? So like really, and someone with a strong marriage on the other end of that phone, not some like booze bag they know from their drinking days, you know what I mean? So like, that's, something it's like one of those things is what I'm discerning for someone long-term is someone I'm dating again it'd be great if they were in therapy but you know whatever but my therapist is helpful for me like for blowing off the steam pipe or just reviewing things and reviewing people's behavior with because like sometimes um, my therapist always starts our call with um what would it be helpful to focus on today? And I'll actually think about it ahead of time and put it in my calendar app so that I know what to talk about. Um, or if things are going on, I'll put multiple things in the calendar app. But sometimes what I want to talk about is let me review the last couple of weeks just so that I can like take a, a test, a litmus test. And I can't wait to go see my therapist once a week again. Um, I just haven't had the money. So it's in my short term agenda. Um, I want to be able to speak my mind freely. Like, I don't want someone, uh, trying to hush me about like my feelings about genocide or whatever I'm talking about of the day, you know, like I'm very, like, I will say I am really invested in being able to speak my mind freely. And I make a lot of business decisions around that. And I do not have a boss for that reason, you know? And so, you know, I'm not trying to get a boss out of my partner and spirituality, spiritual connection. My spiritual intimacy with my ex was the my favorite thing about our partnership. And that's why I started going to church right after we broke up. Cause I was like, I need a spiritual community to fill this gap. And um, so I go to the Agape International Spiritual Center. Uh, they have live stream services. I started in person in LA and now I just do it live stream from the forest. Um, and it's so important to me to have spiritual intimacy. I don't have to have that with my partner, but it would be nice. You know what I mean? And if I were having a co-parent person, I would really need them to be okay with me like spiritually leading my children and helping them develop their spirituality. And if someone was like kind of a naysaying atheist, you know what I mean? Like there's an okay, like developing spirituality thing. I don't need them to believe a specific thing. And if they were particularly religious, we would just have to see how that meshed. Right. Um, I'm not really big into religion and power and control, but I love Judaism. And like my grandfather was Jewish, uh, my grandmother's second husband. So not by, by blood, but by heart. Um, but it's important to me that my kids are raised with that influence in their lives and not necessarily like going to shul or anything like that, but definitely like Shabbat dinners and high holidays and things like that. So in tradition, right. And also I really love Jesus. And like, I feel like I'm, and I'm, I love Jesus in the, like tossing the tables at the tax collectors in, in the temple sort of thing, you know, like the, the one who was, uh, worked with sex workers and like ran around with men in the woods, you know, like. Jesus is a radical fairy and I like the way he leads my heart. And so I'm going to teach my kids about Jesus and with no agenda, just this is what's true for me. You get to figure out what's true for you. So I need someone who's down with that. Um, and also like just remembering that like we're all evolving into new versions of ourselves 
and like not to let these old versions and old stories hold us back like be willing to like just renew yourself and take your salt baths because salt baths help to energetically disconnect from the emotions of other people and if you're dating a lot that's a lot of energy disconnect and i will say this as you know just a spiritual energetic practitioner use a selenite wand this is a selenite wand um and just rub that like cut those cords especially if you have sex with someone if you're a casual sex person use your selenite wand and i might do it on someone before i had sex with them just to like cut the cords and not pick on their junk um okay couple of things to end this episode being open to being wrong is a sign of strength um, so just remember when you're evaluating hubris and, um, or humility also like knowing your values, episode 111 of my podcast talks about this at length, but I know my values and I know them in order. And that's actually in my last second date that I had, I went through all of my values questions to see where we aligned with that first, just, just as a conversation, you know, ladder to go through. And I also asked them about their supplement protocols because wellness is very important to me. I am aging in reverse and I want someone whose wellness practices matter to them enough to either let me drive that ship and like, just here's your supplements for today. Here's your nourishment or who takes great care of themselves. That person, they had a good supplement protocol. I asked them all about it. Um, transactional versus relational relationships. We are raised in colonization um, for transactional relationships. I give you this, you give me that and relational relationships just flow. So you give more in some seasons, you receive more in some seasons and like just being in relationship with the world around you. Um, I'm really looking for someone for myself who is more curious than afraid. Um, I want to be that in myself and I want to be with someone who's also brave, you know, loving bravely. That's so important. Um, and like curious than afraid, like curious about what's possible versus afraid of taking the risk, right? Like if you don't date, you'll never know if that person is a good alignment. And um, I'm looking for people who are emotionally brave and emotionally mature. And that is behavior that you just look out for. Um, and my last tip that I didn't get to is have outfits ready for your first and second dates for the go and the follow-ups. This is my second date dress. Like, it's just, you know what to wear, you know? And like, I used to do this when I was dating in New York and I was dating a lot and trying to figure out whether casual sex was for me. Like, I had a first date dress and I had a second date dress and I wore it to, like, it was the same. And I had, it's funny because my, my dresses could work really well in winter and summer, depending on like leggings and boots versus like sandals, you know? And it's just so funny. And they were hot and I killed it. So anyway, I hope any of this was helpful. Please send me a message back at danceparty at gmail.com if it was uh, with your comments and all that kind of thing. I really do appreciate hearing that people care. Uh, my podcast is supported by Patreon, patreon.com slash FKDP, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party. And that's a listener supported site. So if you enjoy and find value in my podcast, please support me so that I can keep making these um, and also pay for all the digital real estate that it costs to like run a blog for 15 years or 16 years and like, you know, do aerobics videos and all this kind of thing. And at any level of Patreon support, you get access to my Zoom aerobics classes. Uh, Fat Kid Dance Party Aerobics is for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever been called too much, too fat, or felt too awkward to dance, mine is the supportive class for you. I also have lots of content there that's more vulnerable that I don't have freely available on the internet. And um, I also have other ways of supporting. You can buy me a snack. You can buy me a present on my Amazon wish list. If you're rich, you could buy me a new MacBook because I really need one uh, or <laughs> new wheels for my car because they're getting rusted and I want to be able to, to drive and travel and go tour my class. So anyway, 
Be in touch. I love you. Thanks for being here. And we'll see you next week.